one of the days. Hello. <laughs> one of the days your neck is going to actually crack and you'll be stuck like you. Oh, he's done it before. It fucking kills. But if I don't do it, then it hurts. So I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Wait, you've been you've been the Quasimodo for a day. <laughs> Not quite to that extent, but I have had it where like I just can't. It's like slightly tilted because I just can't straighten it because I'm in that much pain. Well, yeah. But if I don't crack it, then it feels like it just feels like really tense. So it somehow relieves it. I, I don't know. So you, weird. so you're saying that you have to crack one off to relieve it. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Cl- I'm, I'm editing this, one, so that's fine. <laughs> that's all <what> I heard. <laughs> right, let's try it again. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. I hope everyone's good. I can't stop giggling because we're talking shit, but welcome to the pod. <laughs> Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. Hope everybody is doing well and well on their way with their Christmas preparations. Jingle bell fucking rock, hello. So yes, it's our Christmas question cast. Welcome and Merry Christmas to one and all. We'll start off like we normally do. We'll talk about the news. Recently, a few pictures have escaped of Chris Hemsworth. He's been bulking up like a motherfucker because obviously he's going to be starring as Hulk Hogan in the biopic. Needless to say, Hemsworth looks like he has got those 24-inch pythons going. It is unbelievable. Have you seen the pictures of um, Thor as he's working out at the moment? I th- I thought I saw them, but they came up as being fakes a few like a month or two ago, so I need to see these. Um, I'm guessing he's quite the specimen. Certainly is. He's. Um, I mean, he just needs to lose the hair a little bit more now, and then he'll be like prime Hogan. He looks incredible for what he's been doing. So good on him. Wow. <laughs> it's one he's posted where he says that he's on a cheat day eating a donut and he's tossing a massive fucking, um, like a big tire. Yeah, that that's the one. A massive tire. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, I really hope this film ends up being like a proper look at the character or, or the man behind the character of Hulk Hogan, not just a fluff piece about how he's a great wrestler when we all know that he's not. He's actually a bit of a bastard and. I think it'd be good to actually look at mm. that side of things, not just kiss his ass. I'm, I'm quite intrigued where they're going to go with this film. I presume they can't go down the the racist no. Bubba Love Bubba Love sex tape avenue with it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be given rights to do it. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so because I'd assume, in order to get the name Hulk Hogan, they would probably have to lease it from. Maybe I think Hogan owns his own name. So I'm guessing he would have some say in what gets put out there. Mm. But then, then again, though, he's not trying to brush it under the carpet. As he's still, he's back and he has apologised and he has said it, what happened, and so it might be in there. You don't know. Oh. The, the problem, I mean, obviously myself and Matt, we follow followed WWE closer. He's never really apologised for it. He's apologised for being caught for saying it. <laughs> so yeah. But speaking of wrestlers, wrestler turned actor. John Cena, he's penned a deal to turn his inspirational tweets into a book. <laughs> I don't know if either of you two follow Cena on, on the Twitter. He basically tweets the most inane, <clears throat> derivative shit every morning. It's almost like he should just post the picture of the, the kitten hanging on to uh, the washing line. <laughs> hanging in there. Hanging there, yeah. <laughs> like, it's terrible, but that's been turned into a book. 
undoubtedly that will be a bestseller because it turns out that wrestling fans buy any old shit. <laughs> and I say that sat here with a Tyler Bate, Trent Seven figure, there's a baby bear behind me and a WWE belt bum bag somewhere in this house. <laughs> so I know what I speak of. <laughs> And also, the Academy have confirmed that they will be going ahead with an in-person ceremony next year. There will be no Zoom party going on. It seems a bit pointless, to be honest. I mean, we haven't really had a... I know some films have been released, but most of the bigger ones, they've obviously been pushed back a year. So I'm going to be kind of interested on where they're going to go with the Academy Awards coming up. I know we're coming up to this season now where they generally put them out. But there's still nothing that seems to have been scheduled that looks like an Oscar botherer anyway at the minute. So I'm, I'm intrigued with this year's, I've got to be honest. I mean, there's only really been one massive release, and that was what we talked about last week. And you can't imagine that being up for an Oscar of any kind. <laughs> That's it. We'll get Nicolas Cage up for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so that's the news for the week. Fan question time. Matt, what have we had in? We've had uh, some very Christmassy questions, which is fantastic as always. So, first one from Ash Dolan. What do you imagine the working conditions are for the elves in Santa's workshop? Do they have a contract, a wage? Is there a HR structure? And more importantly, do they have the Christmas party? And what scandalous shit must go on during the um, <laughs> during the uh, elf bonanza? I think they're like really badly treated. I reckon Santa Claus is an absolute bastard of a boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he proper cracks the whip. They have to be in bed by eight o'clock. There's none of it. It's literally just they will work from eight in the morning to eight o'clock at night. That's that's their day. And as soon as Christmas is over, they're working on next year's. No Christmas party. They just have to get to it. You, you can tell a lot about the person by the answer of this question. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I'd imagine it's getting pissed 23 hours a day and then doing an hour's worth of work in their sleep because they're elves and they're magic. So <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine it's, a, it's an amazing place to be, especially as an elf. I like to think of it, um, bringing it back to uh, more of our thing, like the scene in um, Jingle All The Way where it's actually in like a seedy warehouse and you've got like <laughs> big burly men Santas <laughs> and you've got little like um, vertically challenged Santas and elves and all sorts like that. But um yeah, I can't imagine that it's the most um, engaged workforce in the world, put it that way. <laughs> uh, Richard Hobbs wants to know, of Fancast fame, quite simply, what's your least favourite Christmas film? One that you hate, you might say. Stu, you're the, um, you're the guru, the connoisseur, the aficionado. I'm trying to think because I mean, that's a question that shouldn't exist, really. Um, <laughs> one that I hate. When there's one I mentioned a few weeks ago, the one about the uh, that was a Home Alone ripoff. Mm. I, I'm even watching that again. I still don't know the name of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I suppose there's like ones where you'll watch once and, and never watch them again. Like the many, like the kind of the lifetime films, I suppose. Yeah. Um, where they're very much they're Christmassy and they're throwaway and. Probably mention a few of them a bit later on, but I can't think of ones that that's off the top of my head that I've actually hated outright. Andy, where are you? Where do you lie on the faux, like romantic films that are Christmas related? So it's not about the magic of Christmas in terms of Santa and and, and magic, but actually pure pure love story 
set at Christmas. That that's that's fine with me. I've got to be honest. Like you know, I'm not massively Christmassy anyway. So a Christmas film needs to have enough of a story to pull you through, whether it's a, a rom com or a horror or whatever it is set at Christmas. As long as the the genre side of it's right, I can accept that it's just set during winter. Okay, well that's that's interesting because David Evans of uh, a Daft Question in a segment that I am now calling cage fighting with daft questions which will be, which will be the na- which will be the name of our collaboration when we eventually do it um he wants to know how do you class a christmas film does a does a film have to be set at christmas or does the narrative of the story have to center on christmas or a christmas tradition so Stu, define a christmas film for us what's it got to have for it to be an official christmas film a Christmas tree at some point. <laughs> There's, I don't think you can kind of you can you can split it down the middle of this because you've got the ones that are obviously Christmassy, and then you've got the ones that are set at Christmas, but could be set at any time of year, which is will come on uh, my questioning in later on. But a Christmas film, it's got to have it's got to have at least have a Christmas song in there and a, and a bit of sleigh bells or something like that to in. Like the essence of Christmas. You can't just put a bit of bit of snow on the ground and say, oh, that, there you go, that's Christmas. Because it, it doesn't really count then. So things like Die Hard, obviously it's set at a Christmas party that goes wrong <laughs> uh, by evildoers. Um, but you've got the trees, you've got the music, and it's a Christmas film. So mm-hmm. there, has to be a, there has to be a line, though. So, if, for example, you know, The Shining is set over winter in the snow. There's a party that goes on. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's like, a, like, but that's not a Christmas film. <laughs> but it, it it ticks the boxes of some of the things that you mentioned. Yeah, I think it's gonna. It, it's a case of if you want, a, if you say a Christmas film, you think of things like the Santa Claus and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and things like that. If you want a film at Christmas, then the scope is much bigger. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for argument's sake, and just to please Dave, I'll just say that yeah, okay. It's got to be set around something to do with Christmas. What about something like, say, the Harry Potter series or in recent years, Star Wars? They've been released at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I do associate them with that wintry feel now. Well, it's like, right, yeah. Lord of the Rings as well. Lord of the Rings came out every Christmas. Yeah, it did. And that was a thing for, for them three years. Um, it was me, me and Dean and Gold went to watch it and then... You'd wait till the year after. You get the the extended DVD, watch that early, late November, early December, and then go and watch the next one. And we did that for three years, and it, that was superb. That was wonderful. And but since watching them since, I don't class them as Christmas films anymore. The, so they were just part mm. of the Christmas experience. I mean, I wouldn't say when I watched The Force Awakens, whenever any time of year, and you, they're running through Jakku, it's not really got any. Uh, any Christmas feel to it. So, yeah, I mean, that's another part of it, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't class them as anything to do with it other than a kind of a memory than anything else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And the final question um, from, from Tom Kearney, elaborating on David's question, um, it's more – so this is very much down the Star Wars question that he asked about a month ago now where he, ne- he needs some vindication or, or an explanation to put his weary mind at ease. Um, he says, I have been told to this very day that Lethal Weapon 1 is a Christmas film in the same way Die Hard is. Is this madness? 
I feel that anything with a tree in the background or happens to have snow is being classed as a Christmas film now. Discuss. Is Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon a Christmas film? Kind of is, yeah. Because <laughs> in, in, if you're classing Die Hard as a Christmas film, then you have to count Lethal Weapon and you have to count a load of other things as well. Which, again, we'll come to with my question. But yeah, it's you, you, you are stretching it a little bit. Because it's it's one of them where you wouldn't automatically think of it being, oh yeah, you can watch a Lethal Weapon any time of year, really. Whereas mm. you wouldn't do the same with Die Hard. Maybe that's just a cultural thing now that it's kind of been adopted as the, the Christmas film to watch if you're not watching Pandas and stuff. <laughs> Would so I haven't seen Lethal Weapon for at least twenty years. It's set in LA, isn't it? Mm. So obviously their Christmas isn't like Christmas in like 75% of the rest of the world, or it doesn't look like Christmas in the rest of the world. So I've got to admit, I don't see Lethal Weapon as a Christmas film in the same vein as Die Hard, because Die Hard, you at least have the snow, you have that feel of it being set at Christmas. it, It looks like it's set at Christmas, should I say, whereas Lethal Weapon looks like it could have been set at any time of year. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like it's like Christmas in Australia. Eh? You can you see them all in like Santa hats and bikinis on the mm. beach every year. Um, <laughs> but there's a Netflix one like that, Holiday in the Wild, where ninety percent of the film's set in Africa over Christmas time. Okay. But that is that is obviously it's set around Christmas time, and that's the reason that she's there. Um, and there's another one from this year as well, um, uh, Holiday Christmas Drop or Christmas Holiday Drop. Um, that's set in an army air force base in the um in in the tropics so not your normal christmasy thing but that is very much set at christmas time and they they're distributing presents to everyone and that is set in a, in that climate but yeah that does feel like christmas and lethal weapon doesn't for the same thing interesting interesting thank you very much well thank you for your questions guys as always get them into us um, on our uh, Twitter account, and we'll get them read out and answer the big questions in film for you and clear up some of these ambiguities that plague your everyday lives, such as Tom Geely's question today. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you very much. So on to our questions. Start where we always do. What have you watched this week? Matt, what's been on your telly? So I've re- because um, obviously a lot of our time is taken up by talking about Star Wars in one capacity or another. Um, I started playing um, the Fallen Order game um, on the Xbox because I need a break from FIFA. And it's just got me back into that Star Wars world again really nicely. I'm really, really enjoying the game so far. And we were talking about Rogue One as well on the last episode, uh, or the last Question Cast episode at least. Um, so I'm going to go back and, and watch those again, but really enjoying playing that at the moment. Um, powering through Fresh Prince because, as you mentioned to me yesterday... There's a time limit on it, which is which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are like dead casual and easy to watch, but I've, I've got to have a good like 100 episodes to watch. Um, so it's going to be a real struggle. It might, it might be going on to the Bay of Pirates before too long. Um, <laughs> and finally, I've just been catching up on some of my old um, favourite pay-per-views wrestling-wise because I'm, I'm, I'm falling a little out of love again with wrestling. Not only like with WWE, which has been cack for a while now, but even AEW, which has been really good, I'm 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 finding it finding less motivation to watch it every week, and I tend to start just reading the results. Um, 
and that's a shame. So I'm kind of kickstarting my um, my love for wrestling again by watching kind of WrestleMania 17 and watching No Way Out 2000 and some like the big hitters I used to really enjoy and watching old Royal Rumbles because it's we're into Royal Rumble season again. So trying to kind of re- reignite that um, that enjoyment that I had for it. I think it's difficult because of the pandemic and that in that mm. like, like WrestleMania and Survivor Series, SummerSlam. I'd meet my friend Rob and we'd go and get pissed at the like the Royal London or or the Hogshead and watch it live and then that'd be the event and like we'd have a bet on the Royal Rumble like we'd have sweepstakes and stuff like that. You can't have any of that at the minute and I think that's taken a little bit of the shine off it. Like kind of pay like I've no doubt if everything was normal we'd have got together for an AEW pay per view and, and and had a few beers and watched it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the cutters and that. But kind of wrestling, Star Wars um, has been taken over my TV. You've had like the perfect virgins fucking week <laughs> TV, haven't you? <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, 100%. great, love it. <laughs> and now you, now you're sitting in a garage on your own in December <laughs> with, with, my, with my wife one step close to divorcing me because I'm recording another podcast again. <laughs> I mean, the, the big question that people want to know is: Have you have you got past the frog boss yet? Oh my lord! So I've got, I've done it today. <laughs> now, by the power, by the power of, of of magic, this podcast isn't recorded on the Monday at five AM when it's released. Um, but yeah, I did it today, and I've had to like skip way further into the game and come back with a vengeance to get past it. And I and, like I had to lower the difficulty. And this is what's making me worried now. Like, am I am I losing my grip on gaming? Is it is it passing me by? It's like the episode of The Simpsons when Ho- when Homer tries to uh, beat Bart at that game and has to go into training. Like to do it, and I feel I feel like gaming's passing me by a little bit now, and I'm I'm no longer any good at it. Whereas I used to feel like I was very good at it. Well, no, that is the right way to do. It. I was I was going to say that's exactly how you do it because it's a roguelike, but well, roguelike. It's a bit Metroidvania in that way, the way you have to kind of lay of love before you can beat certain things. Yeah, so yeah. It, it is designed that way. I thought I'll let you figure it out for yourself, and you have. Oh, I'm quite proud. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what have you been watching, Stu? Oh, what I haven't I. Um, well, it's Christmas season, so it's Christmas film every day, at least once a day. Um, but this week has been Elf, of course, as um, mm-hmm. Elf on the 1st of December every year, or the first away game, which would have been um, Liverpool, but obviously not. Um, yeah, but there was another one, one that's a bit more intriguing. It's called Over, Chris- Over Christmas, it's called, on Netflix. It's a three-part German like a kind of, you know, they did them like their mini series that ITV do. They do like three parts. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's a, a German. It's like a German. Let's say dark comedy in a way. So it's it's obviously dubbed and it's in subtitles as well. But I, so I, I didn't know it was German at first. I just thought, oh, Christmas, I'll put it on. Series different. And I put it on, and it, I thought it's not the, the lips are not synced. I can't be doing with this. <laughs> and then I thought they said Klaus, and I thought. It's fucking German, this is. So I went in, into the settings, turned it off, put it onto subtitles. And you know what? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's only it's only three parts. I mean, 45 minutes each. But it was, it was really, really, really heartfelt and actually for quite funny in parts as well. Mm. That you can't, for, I know it's a stereotype, oh, you can't, the Germans can't laugh at themselves. But this, it was really good. I was really surprised. I was really impressed with it. And then there was there's another one now as well that I'm watching. That's a Norwegian one, so a Norwegian miniseries that's actually got a sec was out last year, but it's got a second one this year. And to the same thing, dropped it down in the subtitles. Thoroughly enjoying it. It's a it's a, it's a new avenue for me. 
I sometimes struggle with subtitled comedies. I, I don't know why, if it's to do with the timing of the gag or the, the pacing of the, the the way people deliver lines. I'm great when watching horror or whatever that's subtitled. But if it's comedy, it never quite sits right with me. So I'm quite intrigued by this. Now you've said that you found it quite funny. Yeah, I mean, how it, how it pops up, it does land with the delivery of when they say it in mm. that way. So it, okay. you don't get like, the whole like three sentences worth. You get just you get enough to read and then replaced. They don't get a lot. So maybe that's that's how it does work. But yeah, I mean, I was really surprised and really impressed with it. Intriguing. Because I know there was a, a podcast that I listened and it was about the rise of Netflix and what have you. And it was how much money that they have spent on getting the the dubbing right on films <clears throat> so that they don't... So it's not like obviously visible that it's dubbed. So the movement of the mouth is similar to what is actually being read. It's quite fascinating, actually, like the depth that they went to to make sure that it, it isn't an issue for some people. Because that always bothered me watching dubbed films. I'd much rather watch the subtitled version. Yeah, because yeah, I'm when, over Christmas was that show. Over Christmas, yeah. Cool, that's on the list. I mean, that's that's what's kind of put me off watching Dark for so long because that's German mm. as well, mm. eh? And I yeah. just can't do it. I've never been able to watch dubbed things. And it, even when I had. Um, when I bought a soundbar for the first time, and you know you can change it by the, the millisecond because of mm. different inputs. And when I turned the telly on the first thing in the morning, and I knew I was going to be watching the film at night, I'd sit there for a good five minutes and mess with it to get it absolutely spot on because it really pisses me off. <laughs> and I thought I just can't do it. So now I've watched it. I mean, I, it's one of them because it's subtitles. Maybe that's. I know this is going to be a question, but oh, whatever. Um, because it is subtitles that it is you have to concentrate on it. You can't be on your phone, and you you will miss things if you kind of take your take your um, your eyes off the screen. So maybe I was more engrossed for that reason. But yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. Go and check it out. Oh, cool. Uh, so for myself, as Matt's already said, there's a deadline to Fresh Prince. So I've been playing through like literally all day Sunday up until the match kicked off. I just watched like twenty odd episodes of uh, of the Fresh Prince. Like, it's great, but I wish I had a little bit more time to just sit and digest it. Uh, I also watched a series called Mandown, Greg Davies, who I absolutely yes. love. That's been added to Netflix. First season's got Rick Mail in. I miss Rick Mail so much, and it's wonderful. How did you, how also, did you miss this? Oh, I've seen it several times oh, already. I was say. But it's, ju- it's just been added to Netflix, so I've watched it for like the fourth time. I just love it. Uh, I also watched a film called His House which has recently been added to Netflix. And it is about a couple who recently emigrated, or they're, um, oh, what's the word? They are uh, immigrants into the UK from South Sudan. They escaped to a war-torn country. And Matt Smith, the 11th Doctor, is in it. He plays a housing tenant. Or, you know, he moves these people into this house, basically. And it is about them dealing with their history and their past. And they are still living with their ghosts. Literally ghosts in some oh, okay. instances. It's really it's really evocative. It's deep. It's eerie in parts. It's not outright terrifying. It's, it does make you think and it does it does hurt a little bit when they get to certain parts. It, it's 
wonderfully done, really well acted. Thoroughly recommend. It's called His House. It's been added in the last couple of weeks to the Netflix. So that's been the uh, the only film that I've watched recently. So the first question up this week is your Stuart. Yeah, and it's got it's kind of <laughs> been hinted at already, but there's Christmas films and there's non-Christmas films, as we've already said. And Die Hard being the obvious case of non-Christmas film. So taking that away, what's your favourite non-Christmas Christmas film, Matthew? Um, well, this is a really hard question, this, because I I count it as a Christmas film, but the overwhelming majority of people I speak to do not. Um, therefore, I'm going with the 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 majority here. So I can answer this question, really. Um, but um, it's got to be Gremlins. It's got to be Gremlins for me. Um, it's it, and it, and it is a Christmas film, as far as I'm concerned, because it's that he buys a Christmas tree for fuck's sake. And I'm pretty sure Gizmo wears a Christmas hat. Um, but still, it's um, because it falls into the the genre, I guess, of comedy horror in parts. Um, and Gremlins 2, like the new batch or a new batch, um, that is on my Christmas playlist, which very much isn't a Christmas film. Um, mm. That falls in as a duo for me. I can't watch one without the other. Um, and it's one of those rare films, actually, that I think is equally as good as the first as well. I do really like um, yeah. really like the second one. Um, it's just, it's got it's got all the warm, fuzzy feelings of Christmasness with the horror and gore and blood and guts and all of that good stuff of, 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 of a horror film. And that's what, for me, makes it... I'm, I'm really not about this Christmas life in terms of, like, <laughs> I, I'm not all singing or dancing, carol singing. Like, it, it took a lot for my manager to get me up and doing decorations around the office because it's just not my bag. <laughs> um, but for, Gremlins, for me, is one of that. It gets me in the spirit, like, in a really weird way because it's just, I know that, I think it's a routine thing, isn't it? A lot of Christmas, like you look mm. forward to doing the third way when you put the tree up that, okay, that kickstarts Christmas off the German market will not this year as we were discussing pre-pod. Um, and gremlins is that for me? Like I know that we're, like the ball's rolling in, in terms of Christmas. So yeah, gremlins for me, non-Christmas Christmas film that actually is a Christmas film, but people don't think it's a Christmas film film. I mean, you could, you could even say with Gremlins, you could put the theme tune in with a, a Christmas Megamix and it'll work perfectly. Yeah, it would. It really, it yeah, actually would. absolutely. Yeah. My answer, <clears throat> I've obviously got my um, honourable mentions, but the one that I was going to go with, Just Friends. Either of you seen that? Jennifer Aniston. Okay, this is... No, this is going back to when it was unfashionable to like Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Yes. Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart play old school friends. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was fat in school, um, so she never saw him as the stud that he is. And it's all about their relationship as they meet back up later in life. Ryan Reynolds has moved on and become a success and the handsome dude that Ryan Reynolds is. He then has to come back to his... Home hometown, he sees Amy Smart again, and it's all about their relationship. It's a really fun, really sweet movie that kind of got lost to the sands of time. I couldn't remember the last time I heard anyone even mention this film, but it's worth seeing just for the scene where Ryan Reynolds is wearing a fat suit singing All for One. I swear <laughs> that scene is fucking marvelous. 
So that that was mine. Like I say, really lovely, warm feel to it. Great film. And it, it's a comedy romantic that just happens to be set at Christmas. It could have been any time of the year, really, but Christmas was the premise that just brought him back home. Yeah. Really good film. Yeah, it is. I mean, like you, I haven't, now I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen that for a long, long time. I think that's, that's mm. definitely, especially now it's this time of year, it's definitely been added to the list and that, that's going on this week now. Um, I mean, mine, I was, I'm absolutely shocked that you never said it <laughs> when Batman Returns. Not a big fan. Oh. I hate Tim Burton. Oh, no, come on now. It's Tim Burton, though, isn't it? Like, it's it's one of his better ones, granted, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. I've, I've <laughs> <in there>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's on the Christmas film playlist every year. Not all of them are. I mean, Home Alone mm. is, and obviously, um, Die Hard isn't, but. Yeah, with Gremlins and this, um, it's all every year without fail. Batman Returns, and the other one that we've already mentioned more than enough is Lethal Weapon, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I do like I, it. Is very much. I mean, there's, there's Christmas songs in the background. There's trees. There is everything there, even though it's obviously in a sunny climate, so it's it feels a bit different. Mm. But the fact that it's Christmas and he's on his own and he's a bit of a mess, it it would work in a different time of year, but it's. It works best because it is Christmas, so that's what my and obviously like Matt tried to say we die hard too, but <laughs> no. Well, my my issue, Stu, with Batman Returns is no no Christmas film should ever give me an erection, um, <laughs> and sadly, Five forgives me. <laughs> so, so you know that's not Christmas. That's not very Christmassy, is it? You know, you've you never seen so. you never seen Krampus. <laughs> my honorable mentions for this one black christmas the original because the sequel is absolute (laughs) dog shit and the remake's even worse have you seen the original with uh, margot kidder years and years ago yeah i mean i watched fantastic i watched the the the, um i watched that because she was in it when i was probably oh it might be one of them ones it was in the um HMV bargain bucky, and that yeah, from, got yeah. it from there. Around <laughs> right about Christmas time, so but that's why I watched the re- the uh, remake and then think, oh boy, what do I do this to myself? Shocking in it, the remake. But yeah, the original, fantastic. It's one of the best horror films and one of the best Christmas films. It's great. Uh, Little Women that was released this year. I just love that film. The Apartment, Billy Wilder's classic. Love that film. It doesn't get enough love, I don't think. And obviously it's set around Christmas. A bachelor who is trying to help a woman who maybe doesn't deserve his help, but he still does because he's a good guy and they fall in love and it just makes you feel all warm and happy. And Mean Girls, I know there's only one scene set at Christmas, but it's Mean Girls and on Wednesdays we wear pink. My cousin actually puts that every single week without fail. She dresses her daughter. So was that that my, my second cousin? Is that how it works? I can't remember. Well, my, I don't know. My cousin's daughter, anyway, every single Wednesday, without fail, she always dresses her in pink and always puts hashtag on Wednesdays we wear pink. Shout out, Kim. Is that your cousin I've met? No, no, this is Kim. Ah. Uh, uh, she lives in Edinburgh, so no. Oh, okay. Right, fair enough. I like the sound of her. <laughs> Have either of you got any more uh, honourable mentions? In terms of kind of Christmas non... Um... Christmas, non-Christmas. The, the kind of films I'm talking about fall into your question, Andy. 
Okay, right. So let's uh, segue onto that one. So you've just had your three courses of food. You just want to slob around, stick something on the TV. So it's post-lunch, Christmas Day. What are you watching? Matt, kick us off. Now, I need to set the scene here because, well, the first question for me is one that I'll pose to our partners in the daft question. When do you have presents? I ask you. Where, when do you have your presents? Christmas Day. Pre, pre not Christmas Day, obviously, but pre-dinner <laughs> or post-dinner. Although it's, that's not obvious because after watching this German thing and and another one, the Norwegian one that I've been watching, they do it on Christmas Eve. So mm, it's not that obvious. Well, that's nonsense. No wonder, they, no wonder they lost the war. <laughs> uh, but is it pre-dinner or post-dinner you have your presents? Pre-dinner, first thing in the morning. Correct. Correct answer, Stu. Yeah, as soon as you get up. Exactly. So, by the time dinner's rolled around, Christmas is over for me. It's done. <laughs> so when my when my when my knife and fork go down, and I've popped the last, we've done the last cracker, and I've had the that's it. Christmas is over then because I, I'd say the last five years I've worked worked four of them. I've been at work for four of them, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm at work this year as well um, on Christmas Day. Um, so it, like once it's usually like a mad scramble to eat and then and then Christmas is over. So but with that token, um, it's never usually like a Christmas film or anything like that. It's it's Christmas post Christmas dinner is Bond as far as I'm concerned. It's there's always <laughs> and it's always like uh, it's always like a really old Bond as well, um, like a Roger Moore or something like that, because it's like the father in law. He, he loves Bond. And I think. For many many years, that that was the um, the exclusive, like the premiere film, was a Bond film on on the on like Christmas Day evening. So I'll probably get a Bond film on. I'll probably watch um, Goldeneye purely out of um, nostalgia. Um, if I wasn't feeling Bond, I'd probably watch Jumanji as well. Look, completely, like, oh, what a completely off like kilter. Um, but I think like. When when all that food's going down and you know you're falling to sleep, you don't need something that you've got to think about, and you need something that you've seen a million times before, so you don't you don't worry about missing it as you slowly drift off into a food coma. But um, I'll have the sweet sounds of uh, my workplace uh, this Christmas Eve. So send me your well wishes on Twitter so I can read them. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Jumanji, that could quite easily answer Stu's question. Mm. I know it doesn't have a Christmas link to it, but it does have that warm, glowy, family, everything's mm. all right sort of feel to it. Mm. And it's got Robin Williams in, which always makes me smile to see him in stuff. Mm-hmm. So that would that could have answered Stu's as well, to be honest. I like that one. Stu, what are you watching on Christmas Day post-food? I mean, this is taking liberties by going to the past because post-food, I normally fall asleep. Um <laughs> But it's been one of them where the last few years it's been post dinner. It's playing with the new toys because obviously, I mean, kids, you don't get a chance to do, <laughs> don't get a chance to do that for yourself before all their fucking play dohs all put together with the stickers and everything. Um, <laughs> and so that's what it's been for the last few years. But before that, um, in normal times, it was always a great escape. And I know it's a cliche. Mm. It, I think it was probably on. Mm. It was probably on OTV like twice in its entire life. But it turns into a, a thing that oh, the Great Escape or, or Doctor Now was on Christmas Day. It's probably mm. a more and wise thing, more than likely. But yeah, I just love that film. It's great. But 
again, the Bond thing is the backup. And it's always something. I don't know why, because of me being Christmas, but I never watch a Christmas film after Christmas Day, ever. It's, it is like <laughs> Christmas, Christmas films end on Christmas Eve. Never watch any past then. So mm. anything, any, obviously all the decorations and stuff stay up till about 2nd, 3rd of December, uh, January, whatever. Um, but once presents are open and dinner's done, it's the same thing. Christmas as a Christmassy thing is gone. I don't do it anymore. So that's probably why I, I, I always have, when I watch films afterwards, watch things like that and things like, like films like Stuart Little and, mm, and stuff, yeah. like, stuff like that that's all on the like, – BBC One put on at four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> because it's something okay. like Matt says. It's something where you're you're too full and you're too pissed already to even <laughs> concentrate <laughs> when you've been you've been drinking the John Smith from ten in the morning, um, which I only drink at Christmas time at home. It's pretty out there. So it's yeah, it's a weird one, but yeah, Christmas is over by Christmas dinner, so it's always a feel good. Feel good film or something I've seen a lot of, so yeah, great, yeah. great escape more than any else. My answers follow suit. Really, it's not a Christmas film; it's just a an easy to watch film that, for the whole family. So, like weirdly, the film that I was going to recommend initially, BBC One are showing on Christmas Eve, but it's like it's the perfect five o'clock out on Christmas Day, and it's Paddington Two. Oh. That is one of the best films I've ever seen. It is amazing. But I'm not going to do that one because that's already out there for, for the world to see. The one that I was going to say, School of Rock. Okay. Like, it's such an easy watch. Mm, yep. Like, it's fun. It's nice. It's something that even your granny can watch and they won't be offended by it because there's no swears or anything. It's just a real good all-round film. And it's also like a proper toe tapper of a, a song that ends it all as well. I think it's fantastic. I think we, we, we're missing a trick here. We, we have got to recommend the best film of the year for uh, Christmas Day. Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> the other best film of the year, Hamilton. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. If, we, if we make Hamilton. I haven't watched that for a bit. Hamilton, a post Christmas dinner film from now on. For oh, a glorious time to be alive. It's three hours, though. I mean, it's, it's a long old sit-through mm. post-dinner. Mm. You might nod off, but yeah, that's exactly. that fucking crazy. Exactly, but it doesn't matter because you, you wake up and you'll be singing along. True. That is very true. The other film that I thought about, which I don't know if either of you two have seen, they're called Sing Street. No. Okay, so it's Irish director. It's set in Ireland, and it's about this kid who goes to a new school and he has to put up with um, trying to form a new band. And it's a bit... He's trying to um, acclimate himself with new people, basically. And in this band, he starts doing all these new songs that get put into the into the soundtrack of the film. So it's kind of like a musical, but also the music's real in it. He's dealing with going to this Catholic school. It's a really good movie. Sing Straight is... It's one of the best films I saw. I think it was 2016 when it was released. Definitely recommend that one. It's kind of like School of Rock if School of Rock was set in the UK, I think. I thought you were going like the other way of it and like it was going to be set during the Troubles. And it was like, <laughs> a, it, was like it was like a gritty like um, post, you know. 
Well, that, yeah. well then it, it ends with you two singing Beautiful Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so the final question, that's yours, Matt. It's quite simply. Now, I'm not saying the best. I don't want to know the best. I want to know your favourite performance by an actor as Santa Claus, Andy. Now, this is probably going to come as no surprise to either of you two. Spoiler alert, and if there are kids listening, you might want to just mute it. Santa Claus doesn't exist. So the best Santa is Billy Bob Thornton as bad Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Because really, like he's working at Christmas. He's going to be a miserable bastard. That is exactly what it should be. Billy Bob Thornton. And that is a hell of a movie as well. That first one is fantastic. I can't remember the name of the kid. Thurman Merman, is it the kid? <laughs> He's fucking superb. It's a really good, funny movie. Billy Bob Thornton plays this absolute scumbag <laughs> arsehole. And he's just perfect in it. So he's my Santa Claus. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, were you you either outraged at the inflammatory comments about a Santa or was he your pick as well? Well, both, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) I did have Billy Bob Thornton, aka Fuck Me Santa, as the uh, answer. But obviously the the proper answer is... um, What's his name going completely out of my head? (laughs) Dickie A in uh, Miracle on 34th Street. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely spot on brilliant performance all round so that's all you can say about it obviously the third one is Tim Allen just because that two and a half films of the the three of the Santa Claus movies are great they're great Mm -hmm. fun nonsense which you expect them to be and Mm -hmm. he completely hams it up in all of them Mm. but yeah Billy Bob would have been my answer (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I mine was um, was Richard Attenborough as well um, because, and I've gone the, the completely other way to Andy here, which is surprising because I very much have the same thoughts on Christmas as he does. Um, <laughs> but I think he is kind of the quintessential Santa, like the kind, sweet, looks like it. Um, like even as his portrayal is Chris Kringle, he's, he's Santa. He just is. He just he just is Santa. Like there's no two ways about it. But I think in years to come. Um, Kurt Russell in the Christmas Chronicles will, will take yeah. that mantle for for people nowadays. That was my backup because because <laughs> I just I think like he's got the look and he's got the the fun mischievous side of it as well. Mm. That's that's really really. Um, I think that will be the current generation's go to Santa in like ten years time, fifteen years time. Whoever played or or I suppose it's not played really because it's an animated, but. Um, like the Santa in Klaus was really, really excellent. Like that that film in general is is just it's just wonderful. Like that, I think that will probably be our go to film if we got if for that me and Sam will watch together. I mean, it made her cry. And I mean, should, a Christmas, should a should a Christmas film make you cry? I don't know if it should, but you know who it is. It's, it's, no. it's J.K. Simmons. Is it? Oh wow! It's Klaus. Yeah. Just didn't believe that. But it's um, yeah, it's excellent. But as I say, for, for me personally, it's um, Richard Attenborough for um, for the for years in years gone by. It will be, or sorry, in years to come, 
it'll be Kurt Russell because I think he does a really good job. Yeah, I'd got him as my uh, backup in case someone else went with Billy Bob before me. He's not the traditional Santa Claus, but there is just something so appealing about it. It it, it feels very fresh. It feels very modern. It, it like you say, it feels like it's going to be this generation's, you know, go to Santa Claus. And I, I haven't watched this second one yet, but I I really enjoyed the first Christmas Chronicles. Mm. So it was brilliant. Really good movie. Have you seen the sequel yet, Stu? No, I'm saving it. I think I'm going to save it for the last week, the last week before Christmas, or or Christmas week itself. Just for mm. just for that reason, I'm, I'm I'm going to watch the original again, just because it was it was one of them that it, we watched the Netflix Christmas films for a couple of years, and then that just came out the blue, and it was absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Because generally, the Netflix Christmas films are a they're a bit shit, let's be honest. They're, they're fun, but they're not good movies as such. But that one was a proper rip-roar. I, I really enjoyed it. I've got a um, I've got a bonus question, as I like to throw these in every now and then. Yeah. It's not really film-related, so excuse me. Um, <laughs> however, back in the day, and I'm talking, it's got to be, how old am I now? 31. So it's got to have been about 15 years ago. Um, it was like the 28th of December, and... My nan, so my nan was like there, and we'd got like a Domino's or a pizza delivered. And when the guy delivered it, I'd say, like he said, "Merry Christmas." This is the twenty eighth. <laughs> so my question, my question to you is, when, when does it stop being acceptable to be festive at Christmas? When do when does this all stop? I think I've kind of answered that by my. Um... A Christmas dinner thing because for me it's Christmas is over by Christmas by the as soon as the presents and the dinner's done Christmas is over but then you go Boxing Day match you still have Christmas hat on yeah yeah true <laughs> never used to but everyone still does it now everyone does it now so oh fuck it why not but then after that then you then you got the um like the <laughs> the uh, the abyss the abyss season between then and New Year. <laughs> Which is just a nonsense because no one knows what the hell what they're supposed to be doing. No one knows what date is. Mm. <laughs> it's true. But you, you've still got your decorations up. You still got loads of booze, booze in the fridge. Well, you might have, <laughs> probably not this year. <laughs> um, so it for me, it's the, the second festivities end on the second, but Christmassy being Christmassy and Christmas film, Christmas Christmas jumpers and all that stuff. Boxing Day gone. Done. Andy, any advance on that's, that? That's fair, really. Um, as a kid, I always used to leave. We used to leave the decorations up till like about the. I think it was like the Sunday before I'd go back to school. So like what the fifth, sixth, seventh of January. Um, but Christmas always felt done by the time you'd opened your presents. Really, the rest of the day was just a formality. You had to get through to <clears throat> then sit down and play with your presents. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I. I wouldn't be wearing a Santa hat at any point of the year, <laughs> like after Christmas Day. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think Christmas Day is the end of it. Post-lunch, the rest of it is just its just about making it through to bedtime, let's be honest, at this age. <laughs> you just, you just, is that just every tired. day? <laughs> you want to get to bed. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what, I, me- I remember a couple of Christmases ago. Um, so the, the, so <laughs> my wife gets really annoyed because I've stolen her dad 
essentially on Christmas Day because he used to take her <laughs> to the pub. And now he takes me. And like she doesn't go, um, and I remember one year I went with him, and like he 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 drinks like it's out of fashion, like he can sink pints like so easily. So mm. we're at the working men's pub. I'm trying to go toe for toe with him. Big mistake. And like all of the family there, she's got a really like big extended family. And I'm going, I'm pounding like John Smiths or ales and stuff like that. I get back and I like I know that I'm pissed, like I know that I'm drunk, <laughs> and I keep like excusing myself at the table to go upstairs to just like splash water on my face to try and like stay conscious and i'm just i'm at dinner i'm slurring and it was just warm. that was like that is not like christmas shouldn't be as i mentioned earlier christmas shouldn't be about erections or falling asleep in your plate at like at dinner time and it oh god it was awful so for, for, in terms of like when christmas ends for me it's just let's get the dinner out of the way let's sit down open up a massive box of twiglets watch a film and then boxing day is usually back to a bit of normalities. You know, are you, are you like, are you guys like ones for sales getting out in the sales straight away? Boxing day, spending any money you've had in cards or anything like that? No, absolutely not. I used to work at Merry Hill shopping center. So like I would have to work on boxing day, which was bad enough. And I used to work at uh, JJB sports and we had one, which was right next door to next, which obviously used to open up at ridiculous o'clock for the next sale. So I used to rock up for my shift and there'd just be these fucking idiots queuing up. <laughs> like I'm I'm in there at like, I don't know, eight o'clock for a, a, a nine o'clock open or whatever. And there was a queue of hundreds of people queuing up. I could think of nothing worse than spending my leave. Because let's be honest, most people are going to either be on leave or you know, a day off work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go and queue to shop for crying out loud? <laughs> oh, I know exactly. I know what you mean. That's no, ridiculous. For, for them people, though, I mean, they'd probably think the same. And me because nine of the last 10 years on Boxing Day, I would have, uh, say, 11 o'clock in the morning, I would either be in the Emerald Club or on a couch going somewhere. <laughs> so in front, from their point of view, you know, why would you get on Boxing Day and sit on a couch for three hours to go somewhere? It's... Different mentality, different folk, different strokes for different folks. Eat and for me, I, I could think of nothing worse than going to shop at the best of times. But, yeah, but mm. again, I mean, this year it doesn't really matter so much. So us being having no football on Boxing Day, so I mean, we can't go to the pub anyway. So regardless, it makes <laughs> yeah. no difference. Um, but in a normal year, I'd be very, very pissed off at this situation <laughs> playing on the twenty seventh because <laughs> Boxing Day would have been over to go outside. Um, but yeah, it's it's one. I mean, I, I have done the the pissed up Christmas Day once ever, and that was when we went to the um, I think we went to the spread on Christmas Eve. Spread Eve, just down the road, and I think well, I got I went past my own house to go to a mate's house to drink more, and ended up rolling in round about I think it was all three Christmas Christmas Day morning, and and so <laughs> I, I woke up at eleven. I missed everything. Missed everyone, everyone opening the presents. We was stumbling around, complete day ruined. <laughs> I thought I can't go out on Christmas Eve again. Or if I do, I'm gonna have to be on by eight. I can't, um, can't do this again. Geez. I've been to Planet, and it's it's ended at like four in the morning on the 25th. <laughs> and like, and then so I've gone. I've woke up with a stonking hangover at like eleven o'clock. Got to be ready for dinner for two. Like, and felt awful. Um, mm. Yeah, and I thought like, I'm never, I can't do this again. 
Yeah, I remember once. Uh, do you know JB's used to in be Dudley. in Dudley? Yeah. yeah, like a dirty rock club back in the day. The best, the best, re- the best kind. Oh yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, got back at like I don't know, ridiculous like three a.m., four a.m., whatever it was. Got up, open presents, and I'm like, oh, I'm still really tired, Mum. I need to go back to bed. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll go up. I'll put on a DVD. I got myself some Ribena, a swig of Ribena. And then I just had to run into the bathroom. and was just sick everywhere. <laughs> and it was just like painted with fucking purple from the Tribina. <laughs> it was not pleasant. I was, yeah, I was in an absolute state. And ever since then, I've been sort of like, I've gone out on Christmas Eve, but never to the extent mm. that I'm going to be ruining Christmas Day. Well, it just can't be done. Based on like when the pubs open and, and the rock bars, this could very well be my last Christmas for how pissed I'm going to get when it all opens up again. Because like oh, I, that, yeah. I just can't, I cannot wait. Like I've got, I've, I've got it. Like in my, it won't end up like it, but it, like the perfect night is going to be a bit of wrestling, bit of the go to the Gifford, go to Planet, get smashed, get a pizza on the way home, and it's going to be, it's going to be sensational. We that that was the night we had without you. Like the last night out we were allowed to have. No, I couldn't believe. It. I was thinking about, I was thinking about this the other day. Thirteenth like, of March. Yeah, it was yeah. like um, if I'd have known that was the last night as well, I definitely would have stayed till like the last song, like till the lights go up at Planet kind of scenario. We were. I didn't get back till four a.m. though that morning. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was late considering we said at like midnight. Oh, we'll just have one more and then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> But even the one before they'd messed everything up even worse, when there was me and you and when Matt was told he couldn't come out to play. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't get on. To, How was we out till 2am that it night? It was 2am. I got in the house at 10 past four. We didn't get kicked out the gift until Fuck, half three. Oh, God. Yeah, that was um, that was a night. My, my extra question then, as, as we're on this uh, tact. So what's the first song you put on when it's... December 1st, what's the first one you think, right, this Christmas, this is my song that I have to hear? Slade. Matt, what, what, where do you go? Slade. 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 It's got to be Slade. Um, it's, it, that, that's my favourite Christmas song. It's the only Christmas song I want to hear. Apart from maybe um, The Dawn by the Darkness. Um, that's, that's, don't, don't let the bells end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's, it's a cool yeah. In, Incredibly mm. underrated, that one is. I mean, it, mm. they knew exactly what they were doing with that. It's very much, if that had yeah. come out in the 70s, it would have been a, a proper classic. It's been huge, yeah, yeah. Stu, what are you putting on? You say the first, but I've been in Christmas mode since the middle of November. Um, and the first the first one, it, the first one I played on the actual first was Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stuart. But, That's terrible. You're such a basic bitch, Stu. I know it <laughs> No, you wait. But the first one, when I was putting my um, my actual decorations up mid-November, um, I'm just trying to find the name of it because it, it was it was one that I hadn't actually heard until it was the last year or the year before. And obviously, who it's by it makes it a bit difficult, and it's not Gary Glitter before you think that. <laughs> <laughs> Although that that is a banger, and it's unfortunate what he did, but. <laughs> It's unfortunate. <laughs> so, <laughs> Justin Bieber, Mistletoe. And you go and listen to that song, and he gets in your head, and it's a proper earworm. <laughs> oh, dearie, mate. I'm going to keep my eye on you, sure. Yeah. Well, weirdly, the first song that I will put on 
actually chimes in with the film we are watching next week. So obviously we're going to have a break from Cage over Christmas because he hasn't really done much in the way of Christmas. And we're going to be watching Last Christmas. Yes! And that would be the, the song that I would put on because it is a fucking belter. So yeah, anyone who's listening, make sure that you watch Last Christmas before next week's episode. It's I mean, it's something. That, that's all I'll say. I mean, this is for. I mean, we. I think we have mentioned it before that for full disclosure, me and Andy went as, as two straight men <laughs> to watch this last last year in the cinema, and it was just full of couples. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it, especially like the twist part hearing Don't the old biddies behind us. Well, we'll we'll get to it anyway. But yeah, the the twist when the um. The old biddies behind figured it out like about three quarters of the way through the film. And I just wanted to scream with him like it was obvious from the very beginning what the twist was. I didn't, did I? Got me really angry. I didn't at all. Stu, have you got any um, have you got any additional Christmas questions you want to throw out there? Oh, until Christmas forever. I'm just... Because I'm talking about the sausage roll situation before, and the, the sausage rolls and the peanuts and things. Watching Christmas films, I'm just trying to think: how is it ever acceptable for it to be not turkey? It's just not easy because it's not turkey is Christmas. See, I, I'm I'm the complete other way. I'd much rather have a chicken than a turkey. But you have chicken anyway. You have oh, chicken. No. You chicken all year round. Uh, there's a reason why because it's so good. It's it, it, it's so good. You should have it all year round. With turkey, it's just, it's just. I th- we have it because society dictates that we have, to have a turkey. <laughs> Whereas actually, it's nowhere near as nice as a as a chicken. So you know, break free, break the shackles of societal chicken. norms, Stu. Turkey, turkey and cranberry is better than chicken on its own. Do you eat chicken on their own? <laughs> That's like. To be fair, I, like, I love turkey. I'm I'm always stew on this. Turkey is the best thing about it. Yeah, and you always you always buy it too big, so then you can have turkey curry on Boxing Day. Turkey and, yes. Curry. And oh my God. After yes. after a match, when the chippy opens, so I can't have a kebab. Turkey curry after after a game is superb. Well, we have like uh, we always have some like an exotic meat as an accompaniment <laughs> in our, with our Christmas dinner. So last year, I think it was venison. And the year before that, it was duck, which isn't doesn't sound exotic, but you know it's mm. it's not very Christmassy. I don't think. Well, I suppose it is actually orange duck l'orange, maybe. Um, so I don't know what this year's will be. It could be could be anything. Well, mind you, with Brexit Britain and the way that the things are going from the, in like with export, it might just be like squirrel or something <laughs> that like we have to get here. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> or a small child. I was, yeah, I was exactly. literally going to say you're going to be eating squirrel things. It just sounds like the menu from I'm a Celebrity this year. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, but, for it's um for me, I can do without turkey. To be fair, if someone put chicken no. in front of me, I'm, I'm more than happy. No, no, no. I tell you what, underrated meal Boxing Day, turkey chips and gravy every time. I love it, especially like just. Like the the frozen chips as well, like just cheap chips. <laughs> cheap and horrible. <laughs> yeah, cheap, horrible. Get some stuffing on there as well. Slam some gravy gravy on the top. Jobs a good one. Bo- Boxing Day is Boxing Day is a, is about buffet for me. Boxing Day bu- is a buffet thing. Like all of the food that you want to get rid of, because by the time the twenty seventh rolls around, you're thinking, 
God, I feel fat. I can't wait to start eat, like get, eating healthy again. So you just kind of plow through everything that you've got left, and that becomes the Boxing Day buffet. I mean, I, I we used to always do that at mum's Boxing Day buffet. She used to have everyone round mm, yeah. sandwiches and stuff, and you ended up if you managed to get to match of the day at half ten, you've done well because <laughs> <laughs> you've already ordinarily you've already been at the match, you've already come back, you've already had a turkey curry, and then you're having buffet food at like seven eight at night. On top of all drinking, and it's you got the you got the leftover of the quality street, which no one likes because you, you've lost the slip and you don't know what the flavours are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so even though you have the same bollocks every year, you never remember what the purple or the, the green ones are, and so it's <laughs> it's always a free for all, and they inevitably just end up in the bin because they're all horrible. But yeah, Boxing Day buffets used to be a thing; they used to be great. Mm. What selection box are you having for Christmas? I think the Terry's Chocolate Orange is an underrated selection box. Ooh, um, it's lovely. I, I'm all about the celebrations. because I, I don't like the majority of, it, of uh, what's in a box of heroes, apart from the chocolate eclairs. Um, and Quality Street can suck its mum, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with celebrations, though, it's... Fucking bounties are disgusting. Oh, bounties are amazing. Bounties are sensational. That's the worst thing in the world. I tell you what, anything with coconut is just fucking AIDS. Any, anything. I tell you what, we'll do. We'll do an amnesty, a Christmas amnesty. If you get celebrations, save all your bounties. And if I, if you find like, uh, what can you have? Like the multi, you can have my Maltesers if you want them. Ah, oh, the Maltesers is king. It's all right, we'll do a swap. We'll do an amnesty. Yeah, yeah, sound awesome. Stu, where are you going? I mean. I, my dad always buys me a selection. I've never bought my own selection box, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. My dad always gets me one, and it's always it's always Cadbury's because it's better. So you've always got to. I mean, I, I don't think I ever eat, eat curly whirly any other time of year. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's pretty much always a Cadbury's one. I mean, I I can't think I can't think of any other time because you always get the Freddos and the Freddo selection. Mm. When I, I used to have a Freddo before every game as well in the Emerald Club until they went up to 25p each. <laughs> Scandalous. Which is a bit excessive for what they are. But yeah, it's always always been um, always been Cadbury's Dairy Milk selection box. and But that was another thing, advent calendars as well, because I, I refuse to have an advent calendar that's not Kinnerton chocolate. You know, kin- even though it's shit, <laughs> it tastes of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I love cheap, shitty chocolates yeah, at Christmas. It, just in the advent calendars, I'd I'd rather have that in the Cadbury's. I don't know why. Yeah, and it, it's just that association. You're right. And the, the, the soldiers and the um and the, the chocolate Santas and stuff that you get that it's all it's all cheap chocolate. It <laughs> it just tastes of Christmas. Mm. You are right. Absolutely. Lovely. So I think we're done for our question cast at Christmas. Thank you very much for joining us. Stu, for this week, would you like to say goodbye? God bless us, everyone. Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, guys. Look after yourself and have uh, a good time. Have a pandemic Christmas, but um, I'm sure we'll all make the most of it and have uh, have a great time and get the drinks down, yeah? It's goodbye from me. Obviously, we're going to be watching Last Christmas next week, so make sure you've seen it. Just be excellent to everyone. It's Christmas. It's Christmas!
Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. <laughs>